majority of them think of BMX back in like the late 80s, early 90s. Like when, remember when BMX died in like the early 90s? Some of them are just like, yeah, I used to carry GT, but I don't carry that shit no more. <laughs> well, hey, Ricky, we're on now. <laughs> A lot of shops don't want to take like the BMX risk because like what Ricky talks about sometimes, it's like, if if my boss doesn't see that there's a 40 margin on anything, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Right. Okay. So you can you start like, back over where I interrupted you now. I'm sorry. I won't interrupt this time. You ain't live yet either, are you? Yeah. It's, YouTube tells me I am. I don't know. Okay. I found it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're good. We're in. Everything's good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. This is like the first time I've ever chatted live on the internet, period, by the way. Well, hello, Jeff Mead. Hopefully, this will be the first time you don't smoke a cigarette for three minutes. <laughs> okay. I'm going to introduce Jeff Mead again as the, the lip lord of New Jersey with front and rear brakes, who's goofy-footed and does decades anywhere <laughs> he wants to. I can never, I can never escape the goofy-footed. Well, it's just because you're that good. So, where were we at before I interrupted you twice? Uh, we were talking about how shops are pretty much terrified to carry BMX. Okay, so what you were in an introduction of yourself and giving context. Can we get that context? No. Um, I work at a shop where it's, it's kind of hard to carry BMX because of both sides of the seesaw of selling things. Okay. It, it comes from like, a, you know, I, I live the shops in an area where I don't have like kids coming in, like asking me to do stuff for free or like wanting to get stuff for nothing or anything like that. But mm -hmm. it's, it's having what they want when they want it without really getting that demographic of what they need before it becomes trendy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, like oil slick stuff. I'm terrified to order oil slick stuff because if that stuff's not cool tomorrow, I'm sitting on, you know, a half a bike's worth of merchandise that is a sell. Right. 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 Um, so you carry stuff that I sell. And the reason that you can carry that is because you're close enough to drive to it, because that's another thing that shops have a problem with is shipping oh. that cuts in the cost. Oh, shipping's nuts. Like when we we're also a fitness and M dealer and we did a couple of runs with them. But like when it comes to like ordering single bikes for like a kid's Christmas present, if we didn't have their color or along those lines, yeah, it can get like it can get costly on both ends. Like I have a hard time telling a dad trying to get a BMX for his kid that there's like I got to swallow a hundred dollars worth of shipping for one bike to try to get it there in time for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Which cuts your margins and there's no money in it. And that's the hard problem. And the problem is is you understand BMX and you know it. And the saddest part with shops is they have no fucking problem spending $30,000 with Trek or Yeti or any other program. And they have a hard time with $200 at a BMX company. They're not spending an arm and a leg. It's seriously 2% of their bike shop and they're still bitching about it. That's the hard problem is trying to prove to them that like, hey, it is profitable. There is things that you can do, but they just don't want to take that chance because they're just used to that same thing. Well, it's not a 26 or it's not a 27 and a half, 6, it to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, we also like there's also shops get like, you know, credit apps for that with a lot of smaller BMX companies. They don't really offer a whole lot of like, you know, we could put it on on a credit card. You know what I mean? And, you know, pay it off. Yeah. Or, you know, you're trying to get small orders like that. You want it, like, right up front. Yeah. Right. So that up front isn't as much compared to what a mountain bike company wants, right? So you're talking terms? Are you talking, like, 30s, 60s, 80s? Yeah. Yes. I mean, like, I, I don't really get involved in a whole lot of that. I just know when it comes to smaller orders, it's like we want to get it in and out the door as quick as we can so we don't have – you know, that bill due and still 40% of what I ordered still sitting on the floor. Right. Yeah, but let's just say that you're ordering from Specialized or Giant, fucking 75% of that's still sitting on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that, that's the kind of stuff, <laughs> I mean, I was just, you know, more BMX on, on that aspect of things, but usually when it comes to that kind of money stuff, I try not to, you know, the big buying stuff is different because I got to really 
grasp onto BMX and make it sound like I'm going to die if we don't get it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. uh, like right now I have two kinks on the floor and one's a 16 and one's an 18. No, that's not good. They're going to no, be there not. for a minute. Christmas is coming around the corner. You know, we're right in fall where a lot of dudes are getting a chance to ride street outside, even though it's getting darker, but the weather's a little bit more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, or even like I've even gone over this with Ricky whenever I go down there to pick up my orders. It's like I'm usually real conservative because I got to, you know, figure out what these kids want, what I can get their parents to get and what I can get the adults to even buy. Right. So maybe get into a little bit of why it's, the whole title of it is why it's hard for bike shops to carry BMX even more specifically. So we've kind of been talking around it, but not specifically. My kid needs a 16. Jeff, sell him this bike right now. <laughs> got a 16 sitting in Parsippany, New Jersey right now that would love to get a kid on it riding. And I got pegs. I could throw a gyro on it. I got everything in the shop. <laughs> Ricky just spit out his drink. <laughs> Hey. He said a gyro on a 16. <laughs> oh, God. You'd, be, you'd actually, Ricky, you'd actually be amazed at how many parents come back to the shop with not even a BMX bike, but with a straight cable. And they're like, my kid's brakes don't work. I just bought this bike. And I pull it out of the car and I turn the handlebars around and it's fine. Like right. just from the compression from the cable. Yeah. Like I've had dads back in my day of like early working at a local shop where I grew up. Like I've had dads coming in wanting to like, like, literally verbally abuse us because their brand new bike didn't work, and I walk out to the car and turn the handlebars around, and I get like old man apology, like, "Oh, I'm sorry, didn't know what you know." Just people don't know. Uh, so, Sixteen with a gyro would be the craziest thing ever. I just Dude, heard you say gyro is sixteen, and I couldn't help myself. I just spit oh, all over my floor with gyros. Okay. So why can't or why do bike shops have a hard time with BMX? Uh, because it, it changes answer. a lot, and uh, being able to have a, a profitable margin and sell through is is difficult. Like I don't have like usually it's I've always got to like you know my roommate rides I always try to hook him up with like the best deal I can or if not you know what I mean it yeah gets purchased you know but that's my roommate but it's like always trying to have that one right thing that needs to go to somebody at the right price and still be able to, you know, make it profitable. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, well, if I, I can get, we've been sitting on this for a while, I can sell it for 10% off. But now it's been taking up real estate. You know, somebody has to remember that it's there to sell it. And then, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. at that point, like, you know, do you mind if I sell this to you at full price? Because, you know, I've been going to make a dime somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a thing with business that I think a lot of people don't understand, and I didn't even think about it either, is that when you buy something at a bike shop and you stop, and you keep it on your floor, sometimes it is better to sell it for cheaper because you can't make money on or in the amount of time that it might have taken you to sell that bike. You could use the money that you sold it for cheaper to buy something else and then make your money back again in a different area so there's like some crazy aspects of business that most normal people don't even think about on the day-to-day when it comes to money and how things work well there's another way that can save bike shops and it's it's a newer way and it's doing drop ships now a bike shop has a hard time because they can't carry everything because it doesn't make sense and so if jeff for instance comes in and a kid wants to buy a wheel and he wants a merit wheel i can drop ship that wheel for him and the problem that some shops have with that is they don't understand shipping. They're like, well, I'm not going to make my 40 points. No, you're going to make more than 40 points because you have to add shipping in there. My shipping is going to be cheaper because I'm running it through my shipping because I do more shipping. So you're going to make a better profit margin. And that's like the new school thing. So for Jeff to tell his boss, like, hey, I just sold a wheel. The kid just paid for the wheel. Merritt's going to send it out. We make more than 40% margin on this. We're going to make like 60% margin. The kid's happy. We made a sell, and we'll have a higher volume going out there. But the problem is, is you have a shop owner. All he cares about is, oh, I just sold a $5,000 Robay today. He sees $5,000. But in all honesty, 
he made $800 on it because it probably cost $4,200 to put that whole thing together, sit it out on the fucking showroom floor, and there's barely any money made on it, but he sees 5000 compared to Jeff making 60 points on a fucking back wheel. He doesn't care about that. Where that guy barely made 20% on that bike. That's the whole point. That's the hardest part. And, Jeff, how many bike shops does Cyclecraft have? Uh, we we kind of, uh, we condensed <clears throat> to one. We used to have three. You used to have three, right? Two? Uh, we used to have three. Actually, four at one point. But we, we condensed down to one like three years ago. Right. And then that's the funny part is some of these shops have multiple shops and they're still bitching about it where they have enough income to come through there where they can make one be the state. It's just so tough. It, it all depends. And like Jeff... <laughs> for what for it, it, makes me, out. it makes me pissed because I'm trying to word it in a way that doesn't sound like a fucking asshole. But at the long run, like Jeff is just an employee and Jeff has to make the bike shop money. So a majority of the time, even though he loves BMX, it's hard for him to carry BMX because BMX doesn't make money for the shop most of the time. Yeah, I mean, usually when it comes, like kid buys a brand new battle. Usually I'll throw in like, hey, if you bought this wheel, I'm going to throw the tire on it. I'm going to throw in the stand. You know what I mean? I'm going to look at everything else. Yeah. You know, it's it. There, there's a lot of, you know, I try to I try to hook up all the young kids to try to keep them coming in. That's the thing. Like some of these shops that can create a really awesome scene. Like we have a handful of skate parks around us. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just hard to get these kids on these things and to stay into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, the other thing is, is as a young kid, I come back into the bike shop because now I'm an adult and I was so stoked on it as a kid. You're creating future sales. If you sell a kid a bike, he might grow up, have a kid, and then come back and want to buy a bike from the bike shop he got his first bike from. That's the oh, whole and point. Like, oh, and even like the rad like dad bikes, getting dad like a big 26-inch wheel, like one of those PK rippers, just to have him rip around and feel like he's young again with his kid. I mean, that, that works too. Right, like I right. think... Uh, a majority of what I try to post to my to the, my coworkers at the shop is like, whenever you just see a young kid, yeah, he wants a BMX bike, but don't put it out of your ear that some of these guys that are around my age still want to ride or want to get back into riding. Mm-hmm. Like we actually have a pretty decent scene of older riders in New Jersey. You know, like uh, there there's you know there's not a whole lot of you know kids ripping on. I mean, there's Jay's kid, but um, you know there aren't like a whole lot of tater tots riding around you know trying to start their own scene or out here <laughs> tater tots <laughs> oh so what's another reason that it might be hard i haven't had i haven't had one kid that was around like the 18 to 20 year old range that tries to give me like a sticker to his crew or anything like that in like a really long time yeah i mean kids trying to start their own scene or try to have their own regular riding days and it's it's becoming a little bit easier in New Jersey because they just opened East Orange Skate Park. That's in that territory of my shop. You know, we got Bloomfield that's like 10 miles from there. It's just trying to get these kids to want to start doing it all the time because a lot of them are getting hooked on those wheelie bikes. Yeah. So so what's another reason that it's hard for shops with BMX? Uh, bike shops want you to – or not bike shop, bike companies. Some of them have minimums. And then that limits him, too. So let's say that he wants to order Sundays, but Sunday doesn't want to work with him because they want him to order X amount. And it only makes sense for him. Like, it doesn't make sense for him to buy 15. He knows he can't sell 15 in X amount of time. He needs five, but they don't want to work on it. So it makes no sense for him to get it. And in ordering from California, it's California. The shipping's high as shit. So it only makes sense for him to go to sub rosa which is still pretty far or go to king king's going to be his best bet so it's all what do you call it geographical yeah you know what i'm saying like well, it, even so like even sub rosa is distributed by qvp and even getting one-off bikes from qvp can be difficult margin wise as well or at least like if somebody really has to have it and we're and we have a regular order going through with them it can show up at the shop at you know and we still you know, be happy about, you know, getting in and out of there and there's a certain amount of time for somebody. You know, but getting like one or two directly from Sabros is difficult because they're in Florida. You know what I mean? When I have a QPP distributor in Pennsylvania, as long as it's in stock there. Yeah. 
So there's a lot that goes into it. Now, how, how, okay, so here's something that we didn't talk about. <clears throat> All right, let's say you order, you have BMX parts and they're just sitting there, but they're old ones that you haven't sold. Your job is to upsell, correct? Yeah. Right? Okay, so you sit in the back and your main focus is repairs. All the money that a shop makes, a lot of it is from repairs, right? That's where the most mm -hmm. profit yep. comes from. So your upselling skills, do you look around and go, all right, well, I got a pair of ODI grips that have been there from 1927. I can put that on any mountain bike, any road bike. Have you thought about doing those things or doing the, all right, well, I, I got a pair of bars. This bike needs this bars. Should I just throw those old grips on there and say, I'll give you two bucks for them, even though you only pick, you know, do you do that Let stuff? As long as I get a chance to talk to anybody, I'll be down. I've sent out a ton of merit pedals on full suspension mountain bikes. I sent a, a ton of grips out on like anytime a kid needs grips on his bike, like even if it's like a, a 16 or an 18 or a Walmart bike, you know what I mean? Any kind of rubber items. I mean, and that's usually what I, what I try to bank on when I go through ordering with merit. You know what I mean, like those tires are going to like the kid that loves to skid and he's blowing through Walmart tires. I'm going to throw up, you know, like a higher TPI or a harder compound rubber tire on there. So we can at least skip maybe another week before he goes through it. Right. Well, uh, what I mean is, can you prove to your boss that like, look, I'm pushing these numbers and it's not only just BMX, it's going on everything. These are for multi-use. Like I can put them on road bikes, mountain bikes. And at that price, the BMX price sometimes is cheaper than the generic shit you get for a mountain bike. Like some of the grips are cheaper, right? You're getting a better margin with some grips than you are with the mountain bike grips. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's also making sure that the rest of the staff can think that way. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys want to throw those, like, a pair of $190 aluminum blow up in an afternoon because the bearings are the size of my pinky fingernail, you know, pedals on these bikes. They don't think, like, hey, why don't you even take, a like, a pair of these Merit P1 pedals, and if you break your pedal out on the trail, you at least have a pair of your camel back to get you out of there. Right, right. right. Everybody else there is a little bit older than I am, too, or they don't ride bmx so they don't see the transition of using some of those parts multi-purposely and they don't give a shit let's be honest if a person doesn't ride bmx they don't care because it's the same thing be honest it's not it's that they're uneducated about it you know what i mean it's sitting down with them and getting them to remember that that stuff's over there yeah. that they can use it for this stuff and that's what i think going back to what we how this started is like when you go into a shop and a shop doesn't care about bmx it's because <laughs> A lot of times they'll think that like, oh, well, you know, none of these kids want to buy these, uh, uh, like what pedals would be like a good scenario for this. Welgo. Yeah. You're like, yeah, they're not buying my Welgo pedals. But maybe, like, why would I pair, like buy a pair of like higher end pedals to pull this off for these kids if they're not even buying my Welgo pedals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you know, was like, how many bike shops do you roll through that probably have a bucket full of gyro cables in the back? <laughs> They're yeah. like hardcore, like the ones that were like this big. Yeah. You know, the ones that have a little brass fitting at the end that you can't use anything because the handlebars have all gotten gigantic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one one thing, though, I wanted to hit on is that you said about being uneducated about things. That's the hugest thing you got to think about is if somebody doesn't know something or hasn't been told it, then they just don't know. So you got to can't always assume. And and what's crazy is that BMX is still such a simple form of a bicycle, especially now that not a whole lot of people run brakes. But a lot of shops still don't understand, like, hey, the bottom bracket standard changed in 2008 when FBM was, like, mid yeah. the new standard. And then you go to a bike shop, and I've even had this problem locally where some guy hands me an American bottom bracket. He's like, just press them out of the cup. They'll fit in your frame. I'm like, dude, this this won't fit in my frame. He's like, oh, <laughs> and you Spanish bottom bracket. I'm like, dude, it's not a Spanish bottom bracket. It's a mid. He's like, well, then those bearings, you know, it's like a back and forth thing where it's like, uh, you guys don't remember that that standard changed. Like all the bikes that you guys carry on the floor, you've never had to change a bottom bracket. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you never had a kid upgrade his cranks from like ball bearings to a, like his first set of three piece. And it, it's just weird how some shops kind of put a blind eye to to that kind of stuff and it's so simple to like a bmx repair would take me a 15th of the time as any other bike in the store yeah absolutely um so is that have you talked about the things that you 
were referring to when you said I, you had a whole rant about this when, when it started? Well, my is just like a lot of shops don't care to look in the direction to educate themselves enough on having the proper stock and knowing the right stuff. Like if I go into a shop and they don't know like the mid-bottom bracket thing, yeah. I'm not going to buy anything. Like if you guys don't even know that like the bottom bracket standard on a BMX bike, cause there's 90 different ones for road bikes. Oh, like I yeah. just, like, it takes me a day to figure out what bottom bracket goes into certain bikes. If they're not a brand that we carry, you know? So it's like, if you guys haven't given a chance to even carry some of this more simple stuff to have these kids or have these even adults or have this scene, like buy stuff through your shop, then you don't deserve those customers. Yeah. That's right. fair. But if you, you live in a small town and that's the only shop, that's where you have to go. And you got to be the person to educate them sometimes. Like a lot of times when I went to that shop, it was a road bike shop. It was in Ridgewood. I went with Justin, Mark, and ZJ. And they're like, these guys are fucking assholes to me. So I walked into the shop and I went to the lay. I was like, hey, look, I got three kids that are coming in here and they need their bikes worked on. How much money do you need? And she goes, what'd you say to me? I was like, how much money do I got to give you to just use your chain breaker real quick? She goes, nobody's ever fucking said that. They just want to use it for free. I was like, I'll give you five bucks. Let me use your chain breaker. She's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, let me use your chain breaker for five bucks, and I'll give you $2 to use your Allen key. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, just let me do that. And then is there a possible way you can start ordering chains? Actually, you know, and then I went in my sales pitch. But I just told her, she's like, wow, they never talk this way. They just come in demanding. Now, I, I am not saying that all, you know, majority of these people that are on here are old enough to know not to do that. But at one time, we were all fucking kids. Yeah. All right. I used to go into a shop and be like, how the fuck do you not have, how do you not have the new standard jacket, you piece of shit? Everybody <laughs> has the new standard jacket <laughs> with the fucking Cobra on the back. How do you not have props? This is a shitty bike shop. And I used to just be like that because I was a dumb kid. I like, how do you not have Castillo bars? Everybody has four-piece Castillo bars. How come you don't sell Primo mustaches? Like, you know, you would go through all these things. <laughs> and those huh? I was just going to bring up mustaches. I remember mustaches being like the bar that every shop had to have. Yeah, right? You know what I'm saying? But it's like they just don't understand or they don't know. But the other part of it, playing devil's advocate, is we don't give them enough chance either. Like, and I'm guilty of walking into a road bike shop and seeing a concept shop and they have nothing but like $10,000 bikes on the floor. They're serving cucumber water and they're all wearing <laughs> fucking spandex shit pants. You know what I'm talking about. They're all spandex warriors. And I come in there with a salty look on my face and they look at me and it's salty. And I just feel like there's a, this little gray area and I, you're 100% right. They're not educated. But at the same time, I come in there with a negative vibe. They have a negative vibe. So my whole point is, is maybe some of these guys might have had kids that were douchebags. And maybe they just got to cross that bridge and apologize, even though they didn't do it. But maybe it could open the door. And yeah. the good thing is, is we got people like you that pick up a shop that wasn't carrying BMX. You understand it. And now you're trying to give it a chance. But then we're stuck with the guy that pays the bills and the guy that pays the bills is the one that buys the product. So in the long run, what do you do? <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like how much dick do you got to suck to get a <laughs> pair of BMX pedals in there? Yeah. You know, like $5,000 off a road bike looks way better than $20, but you're making more margins on that pedal than you are that road bike. But right or wrong. No, you're right. It, it's also getting that, that like, to, like every every order that I've made with XBMX company, I'm just going to say uh, the building distro or whatever, or kink. I mean, every every time I'm actually doubling my order and I've been blowing through those bikes, you know, but then there's still a ton of other shit that the shop has to pay for. I mean, so sometimes getting BMX bikes isn't put right on the front burner, but I need, but you know, but I, I don't, I don't only want to just be like a shop that carries a good selection of BMX stuff. I'll be honest. I'd really love to be the BMX shop in New Jersey. Like yeah. I would absolutely love to be like, you know, I, I'm not talking about filling a whole stock room or having a whole section of the store devoted to it, but I want to be the guy that everybody goes to to find the stuff that they need, the stuff that's going to fix their problem and whatever they need after that. And it's not a hard. Do you know how cheap that is? 
I, I know it's I know it's cheap, but from a perspective of having so much other inventory on the floor, I just got to make sure that like not only am I presenting that, but I also need those people to come in and believe in me to do that. You know what I mean? Like if I constantly have people like, oh, well, the last time I went in there, you guys had one pair of montage grips and a cardboard box on the floor and a couple of merit pegs and, you know what I mean, an old pair of, you know, uh, Odyssey bars hanging on the wall. Because I, I roll through stuff pretty quickly, but then it's replenishing it quick enough to keep that uh, word of mouth going that that shop has what they need. Oh, I went in there. You guys didn't have anything, so I didn't think you cared BMX stuff. I'm never going to come back. Yeah, right. Well, no, the other part is is the education of what's new now. There's drop ships, and there's also you having an online store which offers all that, and you can do that. But the part is is explaining that to your boss of how it works because a kid feels better and more comfortable ordering through a phone than physically doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's and that's what's weird. We actually do ship stuff out of <laughs> our website. But I'll be down honest, if a kid's looking for BMX stuff, unless he's locally looking on ordering it, they're going to go to the source or they're going to go to whatever dance is becoming now. You know what I mean? Or they'll do it direct off the BMX you know, website. You know, I, mean? I know you with like Eastern and stuff like that. You can just buy it right from them. You know, there doesn't even need to be a middleman. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why they're killing themselves with that. But what I'm saying, though, is, all right, you want something. And I can give you the answer to that, and I can make it cheaper for you to have that by working with X amount. You're, you're already in the industry. You understand how it goes, and you know what companies will sell to you and what they will do for you. I'll do all the work for you, and all you got to do is just suggest it or put it up to try to sell it. The whole point mm -hmm. is, is like dropship is the easiest thing. You do absolutely no work. All you do is collect the money, and I do all the work for you. And but it, the hard part for you is explaining that to your boss. Like, I can't give numbers right now. Like when we have a personal talk, because I can't tell these guys, you know, yeah. shop cost compared to distro. But I can tell you by margins, you're going to make better margins by not stocking it. This sounds crazy to say, hey, you can have my product without stocking it. But let's be honest, everyone orders off of a phone nowadays. If it's convenient, they're going to get it off a phone. That's just how kids operate nowadays. So you, uh, <clears throat> God, this is so hard for me. I, I wish I need to come to your shop. I need to, I need to meet your boss. I met the one guy you have and holy shit, does he not like anything to do with humor? Yeah. Well, no, the, the, you actually haven't probably spoken to my boss on the phone. He's usually never in house, but it's just one of those like, well, when my, uh, went back to this, what my rant is originally about is just making sure that if your shop doesn't really, the best thing you could do for your shop is educate them about what kind of riding you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, if you go into a shop and there isn't any BMX stuff there, if you don't see any, first of all, ask. You know what I mean? Like, walking out, I mean, it's retail nowadays. Everybody's used to scrolling through and seeing everything that's in inventory in every part of the country to get it super quick. But if you want to shop locally and if you want to shop at your local bike shop, ask. You know what I mean? Hey, is there somebody here that rides BMX? Then I talk to them. You know, if they're not, come back another day. Or, hey, can you guys get this? Do you guys have a... You know, do you have somebody to get this from? Are you guys a, a shadow dealer or something like that? It's just the, it's so weird to hear the perspective from being the BMX kid that's walked into a shop and being in the shop as the BMX kid and just being able to, to how, to have enough to show that I'm committed without having everything there to just make it look like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Or yeah. go broke. That's the other or, part. Or for me, yeah, or for me to, you know, get an extra couple of days off because there's no money for it. Right. And then try being the guy on the other note that did have a bike shop, left the bike shop, worked at a bike shop, rides BMX, and now he sells bike parts to bike shops. And then I have to have conversations like this one in various <laughs> notes and then try to convince people like my sales tactics are never like, hey, buy my shit. My sales tactics are is I just want to know how many cigarettes Jeff smokes and how good he is at decades. If you <laughs> like me and we develop a relationship, you're going to carry my product. Correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it goes. If a salesman calls you and all he talks about is fishing or tennis shoes, <laughs> you're not going to want to buy that because it's not the yeah. way you are. It, it, you might. But I mean, I'm just saying that like you have to get to know the bike shop and figure a bike shop out. And I'm really impressed with what you've done over the last couple of years because you've come in and you're like, hey, Ricky, I 
think I got my boss. I've been talking to him for four months, bro. I'm going to order some grips. <laughs> and then you just started slowly ordering more and more and more. And yeah, you might not be Clifton Bike Shop, but how much is Clifton Bike Shop actually doing BMX? Like, you know what I mean? They're they're capitalizing off of people with comfort bikes, just like you're capitalizing off of just the regular dude walking in with a Walmart bike. So, so, so what you're doing now is really good. So the like, moral of the story it, is, if you're the BMX kid in your town and you think your bike shop hates you, try to work for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, every shop has a designated BMX kid. You know what I mean? That's like you walk saying. around, there'll be the dude in the spandex wearing the flannel T-shirt, and then there'll be you know the the chick wearing the double denim jackets, and you know <laughs> want to talk about gravel bikes. And you always got you know you gotta. I mean, it's, you got to have that token BMX kid because usually ninety percent of the time a shop won't usually get involved in it unless there's somebody in the area who wants to be involved in it. Yeah. Right. You know, they're usually so small businesses that you can't spread that kind of marketing around to everybody and still at the end of the day, because then you're just spending all your money on marketing and marketing 80 different bikes when you should be marketing your actual bike shop, being able to do the job for that. Right. That so basically, that. Kids just need to go to their local bike shop. And even if they don't sell BMX, just buy something from there. And that opens a door. So say you're the only bike rider and you know, they're douchebags and Kevin's been an asshole to you for 30 years, just go in there and say, hey, Kevin, I want to buy this from you. Kevin will sell that to you. Trust me. Kevin needs money just as much as you need that product. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And thankful, I'm thankful for, speaking of Kevin, Kevin, Kevin that rides BMX, I'm thankful for him having Terry's Bike Shop. I'm thankful for you. There's just so many guys that dedicate their whole life. Dude, how many hours a week do you work? Let's just talk about that. Jesus Christ, as a bike shop mechanic, how many hours do you work? In, in season, in season, I'm probably in the shop for about, I mean, sometimes 60 hours. That's insane. At, at my bike stand, ball and chain. No, that's not even walking down the floor. Like if I get called out to sell a BMX bike or, you know, I'm usually repairs, ball and chain for probably about eight to 10 hours a day during the summer, at least. Now, during the winter, how do you guys transition? Because weather really fucks over a bike shop, and you guys have seasons. So that's well, another we, aspect we're not talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seasons, seasons are actually what kind of kills, especially in the industry, what kills us being able to get product fast enough. You know, because if you don't jump on a preseason order for bikes for Christmas, you're, you're getting scraps, you know what I mean, when that, that time comes around. Now that, yeah. That's when a shop kind of feels obligated to buy in for three or four bikes and pay for a ridiculous amount of shipping for them instead of getting 25 bikes and being able to get that breakdown, you know what I mean, for purchasing them and, you know, shop, shop, uh, or buyer's logistics kind of deal. And, you know, that's the hard part is I always say to people that live in seasons, I always say, look, during the summer, you're never going to have any time to yourself because you know that's the time that you need to make as much money as possible because during the winter, you're going to be dead. If you're going to take a vacation, do it there in winter, but also learn to conserve and save your money during the summer where you're making it all off the Walmart bikes and then buy up all the deals that you get from bike shop companies because every bike shop company during the winter has the best deals in the world. But people don't know how to like transition their money. They don't know how to like conserve it and save it right. During the winter, when we had our bike shop, I would always just save thousands of dollars so I could just wait and tip plus and call and say, hey, we got this cell bin, and I'd buy the whole fucking cell bin. And then come spring and summer, I would have $20,000 if I really paid twenty. I didn't pay $20,000. I probably paid $4,000 for like $20,000 worth of shit that was just sitting there, and I would just stockpile. And it was because I took care and advantage of winter deals. You know, when you get percentages off, you get free shipping. Free shipping is a big, huge thing. When you hear free shipping and you're allowed to buy something, it gives you a boner. In our industry, in the bike shop industry, you know, free shipping is the greatest thing in the world. That's what we want to hear. I do anyway. You know what I mean? I love when I can call someone and be like, oh, today it's free shipping. They're like, all right, I'll buy this. Speaking well, Jeff, of discounts, free shipping though. for you anyway. <laughs> That's one of the greatest things ever for, I mean, like, especially that's kind of a blessing having – you know, you that close to my shop, Ricky, is that, you know, I can make an order and I can go pick it up in 25 minutes. I got to, you know, I run out of pegs. I call up Ricky. 
you know, hey, go get some lunch and come back and I'll slap some pegs on your blah, blah, blah bike and yeah. you know, I can get you guys out of here. Yeah, but uh, I, don't to, I don't have to tell him I got to wait a week because my order's not going to go until the week after because we already made one this week. Yeah. And then the week for that order to come in. Right. Um, speaking of discounts, too, something else that makes it hard for shops and BMX is that shops will try and buy the cheapest thing they can so they see last like last year's colorway in there for half off and they're like oh cool this is half off we'll buy it and then it sits there for four years because it's the wrong color i am terrified of doing that i like constantly order more flat colors black silvers yeah uh reds you know what i mean like i try not to go crazy with colors because like that's the craziest thing it's like uh, the color at the end of the month might be different than this color is now. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I actually used to work for a tire company that made like reflective pattern tires mm-hmm. and they went chapter 11, they went under because nobody wanted anything to do with that. And then like literally this year, I see all those camo colored cult pet, pet uh, tires. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, wow, well we started this like 10 years too early. <laughs> it just, you know, it's just, it's, it's all scary to think about like a, a brand that was kind of starting to, make their way like even Nina Butrago rode one of the tires for a little while. I think there's a picture of her doing like a bar spin with like a reflective trim around the edge. And that's that was a, the company that I worked for for a small stint. And it's like everything went under and then like, you know, what is it probably so ten years later, now like like tires that I was literally made fun of for riding on my bike are literally the coolest thing ever now. Pretty funny. It's uh those things when it comes to sales and stuff, when you have that, it you know, kids sometimes just want to come in and they want a candy store where they can sit and touch and grab. Just like older guys. Oh, dude, I'm in a Harley store, dude. Look at this fucking Harley. I just want to grab it and stroke it. Kids just <laughs> want something to look at. Even if it's generic shit, they still want something to touch and grab. So that's why I always say take advantage of the seasons. It's hard when you work in a place and you only have four months out of the, out of the year. You know, that's what, Je- you know, Jeff's basically working with, like, four straight good months yeah. to have, like, a lot of people there. And that's where he's getting his big bunch of money. And for him to be full-time and have a boss that does that for him year-round is real good. So he is in a good shop. But at the same time, BMX isn't the most profitable thing. It's not number one. I mean, to us, it's number one. But to a shop owner, not even close. And, You're right. you know... Convincing them and teaching them is a pain in the ass. I just constantly have to battle the keeping the reputation for being the shop to go to to get to to be able to get that stuff. You know, it's like that. That's one thing that's always been a big gripe is because it's like, oh, well, like nobody's bought any BMX stuff here forever. I'm like, because you haven't stocked any. Everybody yeah. thinks that you guys don't carry BMX stuff, so nobody's going to come here to buy BMX stuff if they don't see it here. Right. right? And, and like, well, everybody does love mail order shops. I mean, I still think that there's a ton of people that get cabin fever or drive by fever. You know, they see a shop, they want to, you know, like I, I even had some guy pretty much like, like I'll even go to a shop and buy valve caps. You know yeah. what I mean? Like every year I go down to like Powers and I buy something out of that shop, even though I could probably get it at my shop for whatever. You know, cost is just, you know, because that scene is awesome. He's doing a great thing, you know. It's just tough to maintain that balance of keeping everybody happy, but keeping the reputation like word of mouth locally. That's the place to go get it. And the fact that if someone has to order something, they would rather just order it for themselves than order it through the shop and wait on it, then go to the shop and pick it up when they could buy. That's the hard part, too. Like if well, you have to tell someone you have to install or properly doing it. shipping on it, but when I tell them that since it's a single item, just the way that they're going to order at home, and I have to tack a little bit of shipping on it or swallow it, there's always a little bit of static there too. Right, right. Especially, but they still come back to you because they need it installed. That's the other part you're forgetting about. Oh, that, I mean that—that's exactly where I'm going to make all my money. Anytime somebody tells me that they're going to buy something online or if it's a bike that I can't get, I'm like, well, when you guys get it in, bring it into the shop and. You know, a BMX bike is a half an hour labor for me to put together. Yeah, right. Yep. No, I'm I'm super good with that as long as you know it's a it's around and it's happening. It's just trying to maintain that like, like oh, I just ordered this you know this bike from you know somebody that I don't care. Sunday, you know what I mean? I just got this bike from Sunday, and it's just like 
oh, well, you know, instead of my buddy having me put together, my mom would be way more excited of a shop. Like, I want to be on the top of that list where yeah. they're like, oh, definitely bringing it to craft because that's the dude that's going to do it right. Right. And uh, another huge thing that companies, you probably already know this, but companies in the other, just the other portion of bicycles that's not BMX, uh, they're starting to do a thing where if you're a dealer for that company and somebody wants to buy it online, they can buy it online, but they're getting shipped to your shop. Like they, you only get a percentage of it though. That's gonna start. That's gonna start happening more and more. Right. Which is just kind of exciting. We we do that yeah. with a couple of brands. Um, but with I haven't really seen that too much in BMX in my area. Right. It's other types of bicycles. Yeah, Giants doing it. S and M, S and M, and Fit offer it now. Yeah, but I'm nowhere near S and M and Fit. You no, but I mean? I'm like, saying no. if somebody orders it online and you're the local shop, you'll get the S&M or the Fit, and they'll send you a check for you to build the bike. Okay. So you'll get you'll get a percentage of you'll get a percentage of the sale, and then they'll send you a percentage for building the bike too. So you'll get I, I don't know how much of a margin, probably twenty percent, but it's twenty percent of something you never would have gotten. Exactly. And I didn't even have to have a conversation with the customer. That's good too. It's just yeah. making sure that, you know what I mean? Like I would even like to be the guy that like, Oh, we're going to ship it to this shop, but no, I actually want you to send it to craft, even though it's a little bit further, you know, for those guys to build it. That's, you know what I mean? Like that reputation is get is hard to maintain. Right. But the good thing about them doing that new thing is it's always up to you to be the salesman and upsell. No matter what, if somebody brings a repair in, you already know, like, all right, they need brake cables, some lanyards, they, whatever stupid shit. I'm off the top of my head. New tires, make sure you're selling three or it's for free. If you're not selling three things on top of that, you know, or I always looked at it as three things. Like, all right, they need new tires, the repair, and something else. I'm giving away the bike for free. You know those people that are just bring a bike in and then those shop dudes are like, yeah, it just needs one tire. You know, that shop ain't going to make shit because this dude doesn't care about his job. All right. To be honest with you, you're not going to be the richest person in the world working at a shop. All right. It's a love-hate thing. Jeff, you love BMX or you love shops. That's why you're there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I... I'm behind. All right. What? what are you talking Am about? I behind? Yeah. That's why I'm here. <laughs> no, are you that's behind? What I'm saying. Like, you, 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 it's a labor of love. You love BMX. That's why you're at a bike shop. You're not, you know, you're not out working construction and working off a union and doing that. You're doing something that you love and you're passionate about it. And like when we earlier had a conversation, I was like, if Jeff was one of those dudes that just sucked a little bit of dick, he would be a pro. But Jeff doesn't like to do that. He likes to do his own thing. You'll never succumb to being like other riders. That's why you've always been yourself. Like go to Hackenstown. You were just as good as a majority of those pros that were riding at the time. Did you? you Ricky, I can't on, get I know over you. You don't like hearing this. Dude, right now, if we were at the skate park right now and I asked you to flip something, you'll flip it automatically. And you could probably do a flip trick with it. I, I'm not saying like a flip's going to get you sponsored. But what I'm saying, though, is you have such a big range of tricks and your style is so crazy because you're dick-footed that I feel like <laughs> You could have had that, but you just didn't do the, oh, well, all these guys are going breakless, so I'm going to go breakless. All these guys are sagging their pants, so I'm going to sag my pen. No, you just kept listening to fucking Lucero and <laughs> kept your four brakes on and kept to yourself. And Hackenstown. I, mean, I, I always say four brakes, two brakes. <laughs> two brakes. Let's you know, go to Hackenstown. Also, I didn't, I didn't live here, Jeff. So if, if I lived here, you would have been sponsored because I would have just been the guy talking for you. <laughs> Dude, I just did whatever I felt good with doing at the time. I was, uh, that's a whole different conversation. But uh, yeah, I just rode whatever I felt like riding. I rode with probably the best crew of dudes ever growing up that everybody had different styles and rode differently. And we all legends. pushed each other. You rode with legends, like legitimately Joe Tissio. I can, John Engelbert would be there, dude. I can, Joe Rich Tosh. You had so many dudes that were at your park constantly. Yeah, that, it, was, it was ridiculously wild. Like, Joe Tissio taught me 180s onto the box jump when I was like 50. That's cool. 
That's pretty cool. Today's Joe Tissio's birthday, isn't it? That was a reason why I ran front brakes until I got laughed out of them in like 2006. And then I put them on when I turned 30. Dang. Huh. I didn't know all that history. Oh, yeah. Hackettstown was like probably one of the longest running skate parks in the East Coast, minus like Kona. Are you sure you didn't mean Hackenstown? No, Hackenstown. <laughs> Ricky <laughs> called it Hackenstown. Yeah. <laughs> that place was the grimiest, best skate park you could ever ride. Everybody always thought it was the biggest shithole, but when you got there, shit went down. Yeah. Like, it was absolutely nuts there. Like, if you, we used to have Friday night sessions from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And if you didn't ride all week, you went to the 10 to 2, like no matter what. Hmm. Like dudes from Connecticut, dudes from Massachusetts, dudes from New York and, you know, like every like Delaware, like all, everybody would show up for a 10 to 2 p.m. Friday night Hackettstown session. That's sweet. It's cool when there's places like that. Oh, that's Ray's on Sundays right now. Oh, I can't wait. February, I'll be there at Ray's. Jeez, that's so far away. Oh, I know. Well, I'm doing Richmond. Richmond's my actual vacation right now. I'm going to Richmond for the FBM jam. And then my roommate Joey Coates is turning 30 in February. So the next time I can take vacate time, I'll be able to shoot after that. When's uh, Richmond? Uh, This weekend coming. Oh, damn it. There's too much going on. It's like the 26th. To be dead honest, I don't even really want to con you into actually going because it's supposed to rain. Oh, cool. Anyway, well, we're having a trail jam next the same day, and it's Victoria's birthday party, so, like, the whole world's going on that day. <laughs> well, happy oh. birthday. Yeah, it's Friday. Uh, gentlemen, do we have anything else to say about bike shops and BMX? Let's give some advice. Yeah, support them. Yeah, just support them. Go, go into the shop and try to at least, you know, but get, give them a tingle that BMX could be a legitimate source of something that they should carry. Just yeah. let them know. You know, don't tell them that they have to have like a mini half pipe skate park jam in their in their back parking lot. You know, don't tell them that they have to give money to the trails that you guys haven't even start building yet. Yeah. Just go in there and let them know that BMX is around and that BMX is you know something that you know they should look in the direction for because it's another scene that they could support. All right. So what are the top few parts that you got to tell them because obviously you don't want them to buy a wheel set a frame you know stuff that just is literally going to sit there for six months before usually it's always disposables not disposables but stuff that like tires grips you know pegs cosmetics yeah cosmetics seats seats tires grips pegs tubes uh and then the random odds and ends stuff that could like make or break your bike. Seat posts. Yeah. See, the hard part though too is you get companies that try to do the penny pinch and they got this new tripod shit and then they got the stealth shit. So then they try to bring in this new stuff, which is hard for him because if he's gonna say he has a seat and it's a pivotal, but then he buys from another company and they don't do pivotal and they have tripod or they have stealth he can't buy all three and he yeah. can't have all three seat posts. And then so explain like, to a parent the difference between all those three, because there's no gain to any one of them. Right. It's just everybody doing something different. So you have to keep buying their shit. No, you know there is mean? a game. There is a game. Nobody wants to pay the patent. The McNeil patent. Yeah. Yeah. For the pivotal. So they're trying to surpass that and save a dollar. Because <laughs> yep. they're just going to be paying the patent on the other stuff anyway. That's why well, they're that, trying that, to invent it. They're trying to be the next McNeil patent for the seat. Oh, it's so bad. But regardless, brakes, or not brakes, pedals, grips, tires, seats, seat posts, tubes, uh, random brake odds and ends. But those are the things that you try to get the shop to get first because they're going to sell. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I'm conservative about when I do my orders. I go right to the, the stuff that you're going to wear out or grind through it quickly. Pegs. Yeah, pegs are another yeah. one. And every kid wants to throw two back pegs on his BMX bike yep. just to carry around his friend down the street. Yeah, so. exactly. Or because he doesn't know which side he wants to feeble on it. 
or they want to be like Frymouth and do the other side stand ice pick. You saw that video? That was wild. Jeff, Frymouth posted that the other day. Should I call it out? Should I call it out right now? I'm a 270 into it. Yeah, two, oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, we'll, let's keep talking. Hey, wait, hold on. Since we're bringing up Dave Frymuth, I wish Dave Frymuth would have actually did more tricks when he went to the source instead of trying to hit on a chick the whole time. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm going to say it because he's, he's one of my top – he's number three on my top five best list, and he only did one trick when he went there. I just turned 33 years old, and I swear to God, if I ever made Dave Frymouth, I'd probably turn into a fucking nine-year-old again. I would just be standing there, like, wouldn't know what to say. I'd just, like, you know, maybe look at his bike, but don't look in his direction. Jeff, you want to get mad at me? What? He doesn't know what? who Dave Frymouth is. No, when I won Baco Best Trick, I had no idea who Frymouth was when he was standing there giving me the money and stuff. <laughs> He <laughs> like, like he's the one who gave me that, the stuff. That would have been like a. That would have been like a. I would have texted one of my friends across the way to get the sneak picture of me sitting next to him for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've been too embarrassed to ask him for a picture, so I would have texted somebody who had a camera phone across from me and been like, "Hey, can you just get a picture of me sitting next to Primeth for me?" Uh, it's funny. I rode with Butcher last weekend, and I told Butcher, I was like, yo, you can't leave unless you do a magic carpet grind. And then he looked at me, and he goes, what the fuck do you want? I was like, just do some weird pedal grind, fucking goofball grind thing for me. And then he's like, all right, one for you, and that's all I'm doing. And I was so excited. I love, I don't know what, I, I love when older guys come out and kick ass, and you're around them, and you get so excited like a little girl. Oh, I get excited about most riders. I'm such a, I'm such a BMX whore. Ricky, I'm gonna sign around, off on I've been the live stream. My whole life, and when I went to that merit thing and saw Foster standing in the room, I still turn into a freaking little kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, that? I'm gonna end the live stream because we're done talking about bike shops. Thank you for tuning oh, in. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, you guys hold can on. stay here. I'm gonna end the live stream. What, Ricky? No, don't don't end the live stream. I want to hang up with. I want first of all, I want to say something before you hang, you hang up. At one time, there was thirty-three people on here that were live. Yes, there was. And I want to tell all you guys, I really appreciate every single one of you guys that are in here because I know this is such a vague topic, but it's super important. I don't have a job. He doesn't have a job. Your favorite BMX company doesn't have a job without a bike shop. I'm pretty sure I've said this a thousand times, but I'm telling you, I believe on it. And I appreciate everything. Uh, thank all you guys for always being here. It's the greatest. Uh, Jeff, thanks for coming on here. Uh, Brant, thanks for being on my Brant Moore show. <laughs> hey, don't hang up, Jeff and Ricky. We'll keep talking. We're just going to end this so that we can have it as a concise video. So all thank right, you all you for tuning in. Ricky said everything that I would say other than <laughs> follow Jeff and Ricky on Instagram. That's Ricky. Jeff's over here, and uh, hopefully you'll subscribe here so we can see you tomorrow. Good night, everyone.